Zetbound Munjaro Trizepatide for Weight Loss, Part 2. This is the Weight and Healthcare Newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. In Part 1, I gave a summary of the drug Trizepatide. Today, we're going to begin a look into the most recent study of Trizepatide for Weight Loss under the brand name Zetbound, the Surmount 4 trial. I want to start by analyzing the opening phrase. Quote, obesity is a serious, chronic, progressive, and relapsing disease. Lifestyle interventions are a cornerstone of, quote, obesity management. However, sustaining weight reduction achieved through lifestyle-based caloric restriction is challenging, end quote. If you're playing weight loss industry marketing language masquerading as science bingo, you've probably already won. Their entire paper is based on this premise, and to support it, they offer a single citation. That citation is to a presentation by Robert Kushner, a doctor who has taken $436,262.39 in direct payments from the pharmaceutical industry and $305,077.33 in associated research funding, predominantly from Novo Nordisk, who are also using this premise as a basis for their GLP-1 agonist drug, on whose advertising Eli Lilly is piggybacking, as well as from Eli Lilly themselves, including as a, quote, consultant for these companies. The presentation they cite has, as an express objective, convincing people of the above statement. The first part of the opening sentence is simply nonsense. Quote, obesity is a height-weight ratio and nothing more. It's not a disease, serious or otherwise, as those who meet the diagnostic criteria, which again is simply a shared height-weight ratio, do not share health status, symptomatology, or cardiometabolic profile. In fact, their health statuses, symptomatologies, and cardiometabolic profiles have a 100% overlap with those who are not, quote, diagnosed as, quote, obese. The idea that being higher weight is a disease is purely a construct of the weight loss industry, and its use has not helped the health of higher weight people, but has made billions for the weight loss industry, which is probably why they have, and continue to, infiltrate and manipulate the healthcare system with this idea. I have a deep dive into this earlier in Weight and Healthcare. So-called, quote, obesity is also not progressive. In fact, it is intentional weight loss attempts that strongly predict weight gain. This is a slick attempt to take the harm done by weight loss interventions. The fact that the vast majority of people regain the weight they lost and up to 66% of people regain more weight than they lost and blame it on the higher weight bodies that these doomed to fail, quote, interventions are foisted upon. Then they use the claim, as we see here, to attempt to justify more harmful but profitable weight loss attempts. So-called, quote, obesity is not relapsing. That is a wholly unscientific attempt to rebrand weight cycling, which actually is dangerous. Weight cycling is the most common outcome of weight loss attempts and is independently linked with most of the health issues that get blamed on the higher weight bodies who are victims of a healthcare system that has been prescribing weight loss despite a failure rate approaching 100% for a century. As word about the dangers of weight cycling has become more widespread, the weight loss industry went shopping for a way to obfuscate the harm they've done and continue to do. Enter the ridiculous concept of relapsing, remitting, quote, obesity. Again, I previously did a deep dive into this. A look at the study authors and funders show us why it's totally unsurprising that the study is promoting terminology from the weight loss industry. The study is not just funded by Eli Lilly, makers of Trizepatide, but, quote, Eli Lilly and company was involved in the study design and conduct, data collection, 
management, analyses, and interpretation of the data, preparation, review, or approval of the manuscript, and decision to submit the manuscript for publication. The sponsor did not have the right to veto publication or to control the decision regarding to which journal the manuscript was submitted. Final decisions resided with the authors, which included employees of the sponsor, end quote. So, the only things that Eli Lilly supposedly wasn't involved in were vetoing publication or deciding on which journal, but their employees, who were study authors, did. Talk about your distinction without a difference. Let's take a look at their author disclosures. To save time, I'll just point out the authors who had disclosed relationships with Eli Lilly. If you want to see the full list of disclosures, you can find that on weightandhealthcare.com. Dr. Aaron A., received grants or personal fees from Eli Lilly. Dr. Sitar reported receiving personal fees or grants from Eli Lilly. Dr. Horn reported receiving research funding from Lilly during the conduct of the study and personal fees from Eli Lilly outside the submitted work. Dr. Bayes reported receiving grants from Eli Lilly during the conduct of the study and Eli Lilly uh, funding outside of the submitted work. Dr. Wharton reported receiving non-financial support from Eli Lilly during the conduct of the study and personal fees from Novo Nordisk and Eli Lilly outside the submitted work. Dr. Ahmad reported being an employee and shareholder of Eli Lilly and Company during the conduct of the study. Dr. Zhang reported being an employee and shareholder of Eli Lilly and Company during the conduct of the study. Dr. Lau reported being an employee and shareholder of Eli Lilly and Company during the conduct of the study. Dr. Brunk reported being an employee and shareholder of Eli Lilly and Company during the conduct of the study. Dr. Murphy reported being an employee and shareholder of Eli Lilly and Company during the conduct of the study. It then says no other disclosures were reported. So when they say no other disclosures were reported, it may be helpful context to know that there were only two listed authors who did not make disclosures, Wenyuan Lin, MD, and Irina Yorovskaya, MD. Wenyuan Lin, MD is listed under, quote, author affiliations as Department of Family Medicine, China Medical University Hospital, Taichung, Taiwan. Curiously, Dr. Jorovskaya is listed under author affiliations as, quote, Eli Lilly and Company, Moscow, Russia, but does not disclose being an Eli Lilly employee in the disclosure. It's important to note that, overall, these authors have pinned their careers, both ideologically and financially, to the body size as disease model, which means that they may not be ill-intentioned or creating ethically and scientifically questionable research for money. They may simply be unable to see outside of their paradigm. I think, as someone who is both fat and queer, that if we went back to a time when the predominant view was that, quote, homosexuality was a disease to be treated, if you got together a group of doctors as invested in that paradigm, as this group is invested in the idea of body size as disease and weight loss as treatment, you'd get research a lot like this. That said, I'd like to dig a bit more into Louis J. Arone, MD, the lead author of this study. According to his bio, he is, quote, a leading authority on, quote, obesity and its treatment. He's been shilling weight loss books for decades. In 1996, he wrote Way Less, Live Longer, Dr. Lou Arane's Getting Healthy Plan for Permanent Weight Control. Though, maybe not that permanent, since in 2009, he wrote The Skinny on Losing Weight Without Being Hungry, The Ultimate Guide to Weight Loss Success. Though, 
maybe not so ultimate or successful since in 2016 he wrote The Change Your Biology Diet, The Proven Program for Lifelong Weight Loss. Though maybe not so lifelong since now he's shilling for weight loss drug companies who are using the fact that methods like the one he wrote about don't work as a reason that their dangerous unproven interventions should be undertaken. According to openpayments.gov, he has taken $139,448.44 in general payments and $1,422,266.49 in associated research funding from the pharmaceutical industry, predominantly from Nova Nordisk and also from Eli Lilly and other companies. While neither he nor his books offer any actual research to back up the claims, the book descriptions continuously leverage his title of doctor to sell copies. Quote, let Dr. Lou Aranay help you achieve your goal, end quote. And quote, try diet after diet and still can't lose weight? It's time to call the expert. In the skinny, Dr. Louis Aranay, America's top weight loss specialist, shares the plan that has worked so well for his many patients, end quote. And, quote, Louis J. Aranay, M.D., an internationally recognized weight management expert and the director of the Comprehensive Weight Control Center at Weill Cornell Medical College, has created the Change Your Biology Diet, a proven program that helps people break through weight loss, quote, resistance to drop extra pounds and keep them off, end quote. I personally am concerned that someone who is comfortable writing book after book, each promising proven permanent weight loss through behavior change without any research to back it up, is now lead authoring research about diet drugs that make similar claims. In part three, we'll dig into the research that this group of industry-loyal, industry-funded, and in some cases industry-employed authors created. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.